0: Today, we're going to dive into uh, our conversation. We, we started talking about media and technology last week, and I'm not so creative, so this week we're just going to call it Media Talk 2. like that? That 2 is new. <laughs> okay, Media Talk 2, and we're going to talk about keeping sober in our digital world. Keeping sober in our digital world. So... Um, as we talked about media and technology and so forth, and looking into this, I think it's obviously a big issue that we need to talk about today, because Christian living is about how to do life in our context, and our culture, right? So we need to know how to handle these things for the glory of God. And one of the things that we affirmed last week is every part of our lives, everything that we, we do, there's a goal that we need to keep in mind, and that is being ready for Jesus' return. We should live our lives ready, prepared, and preparing for Jesus to come back. Anybody Ready? Anybody excited about Jesus' return? We should live our lives with that goal in mind, that Jesus is returning. The moment we walk away from that goal or make less of that goal, then we begin to live for the things of this world and the things that our flesh desires. We can't just blame the devil for all the bad things we do. Can I get a witness? Sometimes it's the flesh that wants certain things that we need to say no to and put on the cross. Now, I believe that Jesus is returning, and I believe that nothing hinders Jesus from coming back right now. You may be asking, what makes me so confident? I'm so glad you asked. I'll tell you. When you look at the Bible, it talks about several things that will happen in the end days, and these are the things that we're seeing right now. Wars and rumors of wars. Natural disasters that we're experiencing all over the world. We're always learning and never getting to the truth. Second Timothy chapter three says that in the last days, people will always be learning, but never getting to the truth. That's today information age. We can learn so many things, go to Google, go to YouTube and look up all kinds of things and yet be far from the truth. There's a form of godliness without power. You know what that means? There's a lot of people who seem to have a morality. They seem to live a good life, but their goodness has no foundation. So morality keeps slipping. Like in the days of Noah, the Bible said that people will not be concerned with God's judgment. They will go on with life as if everything is okay, and that's happening today. And like Sodom and Gomorrah, today we are celebrating the very thing that God condemned entire nations over. Like never before, today, do you know this? The church is being persecuted more than it's ever been persecuted in the history of humanity. Do you know that? The church is being persecuted right now more than it's ever been persecuted in the history of humanity. And here are two good reasons, two reasons why I know that Jesus can come back at any moment. Like never before, the gospel is being preached all over the world. Exponentially. Right now, there is someone who's never heard the name of Jesus around the world, who's hearing the name of Jesus and responding and giving their life to him. Right now, there are unreached people groups that are strategically being reached in the name of Jesus and the last reason God is pouring out his spirit on his sons and his daughters. How many are thankful that God pours out his spirit on his sons and daughters? I love to hear the testimonies of uh, this is happening. Of course, uh, secular media will not promote this, but I've heard so many testimonies of Muslim uh, people coming to faith in Jesus after having a revelation in the dream that Jesus revealed to them, right? And they have surrendered their lives to Jesus just out of just God pouring out his spirit, doing miraculous things. So I believe that Jesus is coming back. And some would say, well, people have been preaching that, you know. Uh, and and it, it's something that we've been preaching for quite some time. She's just excited. She's ready to respond to the altar. <laughs> Give me about 20 minutes. So, you know, so, you know, t- you know people have, have just been preaching uh, the good news and, and preaching that Jesus is coming back. And let me tell you, I do believe that nothing is hindering Jesus from returning right now. But let me just say this. Let me have a, can I have one Captain Obvious moment right now? Here's my Captain Obvious moment. Even if Jesus doesn't come back right now, your life is short. The Bible says life is but a breath. One breath, not multiple breath, one breath. No, Esther. Life is but a breath. Ecclesiastes says, just like a man cannot contain the wind, so you do not have the power over death, no matter what you do. Life, uh, the Word of God says that life is like grass that's withering. So we'll, if we take our chances and just live our lives our own way, more than likely we're not going to be prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. When He comes back, I don't want to be caught wasting my life. I want to live my life for His return. So, with that in mind, with the end in mind, with Jesus' return in mind, okay, I want to now look back at social media and technology because just like Ben said, all these principles apply to the way we do life, the way we handle our finances, the way we handle uh, our media, all these things are very vital, and let me just recap what we learned, from what we talked about last week. Number one, we said that greater is Jesus who lives in us than him that lives in the world. We're not going to be afraid of media. We're not going to be afraid of the world because greater is Jesus that is in us than him that's in the world. We remember the portion of Scripture where demons would be in front of Jesus and they were terrified of who Jesus was. They gave glory to Jesus, right? In the sense that they declared him to be the Son of God. One guy, the demons that were in him, was they called themselves legions because there were so many. Some commentaries say that's up to 6,000, right? That's how... That's how they refer to themselves, that demonic power bowed down at the feet of Jesus Christ. And Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to live in you so that you can walk in that same power. Come on now. Yeah. Amen. So greater is he that is in us than him that's in the world. So we're not afraid of the world. Second, we know that media is here to stay. Social media, movies, shows, news, music, publications, media is going to be here. Men are going to use media. Media is a great tool to communicate. We know that third, media could be used for good and media could be used for bad. So we cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are some really good media out there. There are some good media outlets out there. Uh, And there are some media outlets that, you know, uh, really they're they're not bad, but if we use them for bad purposes, they become corrupt, right? Media is amoral. In other words, it has no morality, but you and I do, and people do. And then we can do with media whatever we want according to our morality and what we believe, which leads to the next point. We said that media, uh, uh, media uh, always teaches a code for life. Everything that's being promoted or, or put our way kind of promotes or tries to sell something at us. Burger King, you can have it your way glory to god i love me some burgers right it's not probably not the best deal if i just sit and have it my way if i have it my way i may have a triple bypass and that's not my way (laughs) can i get a witness right you know samsung galaxy you know the next big thing oh i like the next big thing i always want to be on top of things right it caters to what to the lust of the flesh Right, it caters to our sinful nature. Some of these things, so always every commercial is trying to teach something about life. Corona beer always cracks me up. These beer commercials, it's incredible how these people always have like a physical six-pack. Right, <laughs> they look like specimens of like Hulk Hogan. You know, 24-inch pythons, and they're just like, holy cow! There's never a commercial with a dude with a beer belly in a beer commercial. <laughs> never, you never see a guy say, like, hey. Life is good! Woo! It's like, that's, yeah, let me walk away from that beer. Right? No, it's the Dos Equis guy, right? It's like the guy's like the 007 guy with a peppered beard, right? It's not the truth. You know it's not the truth. But they always sell these lies, always promoting things, always teaching a quarter, like always trying to sell happiness according to the flesh. Secular media doesn't ask for permission, we said last week. It, it, we have to be vigilant because oftentimes these commercials come on And we're not aware, and boom, they're uh, promoting things that are not uh, biblical. Okay. Uh, In regards to pornography, and I would add violence, and movies that promote extreme violence and pornography, we know, we said, and we affirm, these images are not harmless. They affect us. They affect the way that we relate to the opposite sex. They, They affect the marital bed. They affect intimacy. And we have to be aware of that reality. We said that we can't just keep away from the world, but we have to learn to instill righteousness in our lives and in our children. Right? My daughters are going to grow up. They're big girls. They are beautiful girls. I know that the world is going to present them options. I cannot keep the options of the world away from my daughters. At one point, I'm not going to be there, and they're going to have to make a decision. If all I've done is keep away, keep away, keep away, they're not going to have something in them to fight against the wickedness. I want to instill the word of God, and I want to instill my values in my daughter so that when wickedness comes, they'll say, "Uh uh-uh, I heard about you, sucker, back up. (laughs) When somebody's like, hey, can I get your digits? Uh Uh-uh, you can get my father's digits. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you can get my digits. (laughs) I want to instill righteousness in my daughters. I want them to see evil and hate evil by themselves, not just because daddy hates evil. Are you with me? So we got to learn to instill righteousness in our children, and we got to learn to instill righteousness in our hearts. Uh, And then the last thing we talked about is that we said that the secret place, hanging out with God, hanging out with Jesus by ourselves is much better than the reward that social media may have for us. And I want to park there a little bit more, reiterate those things a little bit more as we continue this message. Let's begin by focusing again on the fact that the secret place is better than social media and today I'm gonna focus more on social media and the smartphone uh, which most of us are connected to. Let me just say this I'd like to congratulate some of you. Last week the message really resonated with you and you made some decisions to restrain some social media outlets some of you have deactivated some accounts and that's great I'm excited for you that you're taking a stance for holiness. I just want you to make sure that when you make these commitments, that you make commitments that are feasible commitments. Commitments that you can sustain so that you don't feel ashamed whenever you open up a media again or or social media again. I want you to make commitments that are led by the Holy Spirit with wisdom, not out of guilt and shame. That's not my intentions at all. As you hear this, I want you to listen to how the Holy Spirit may lead you. And for those of you who have kind of just said, you know, I'm putting that away for a season or I'm putting it away altogether, congratulations. It's a bold step to be countercultural and put those things away. Now, I want you to grow in freedom and in holiness and in fruitfulness. And we said a couple weeks ago, I told you that I had this false goal in my mind. I thought that if I was... Mature in Christ, it meant, that being, it meant that being holy was easy. Doing the right thing was easy. I told you, that's not true. Maturity in Christ doesn't mean that, that holiness and Christian living is easy. It just means that our lives become fruitful. It means that our lives become fruitful. And that means fruitful even in the midst of conflict and trials. Okay, now let's dive into uh, understanding that hanging out with Jesus in the secret place is better than social media. One of the greatest problems, one of the greatest dangers of social media is that we can easily make the trade from having a disciplined devotional life focused on being rewarded by God to settling for the rewards our social media friends offer us as they affirm us by loving, laughing, liking, or retweeting. Right? Now why is it so easy for us to make this trade? Research has shown that many Christians struggle with this. They've made the trade of having a a a weak, now they have a weak devotional life and a stronger social media life than they do a a, a Bible life. Well, here are some reasons. Number one, we like immediate affirmation. Number one, we like immediate, immediate affirmation. Now what does that mean? It means that we like to get our reward right now, right there. The Bible is there's an example in the Bible of a guy who wanted immediate gratification. His name was Esau, and he gave up God's blessing and God's favor for generations to come over a bowl of soup. And I think today, Facebook is that bowl of soup. We're trading God's affirmation sometimes for social media. It doesn't have to be that way, but sometimes it happens. Another reason is because we have a need to be recognized that need to be recognized is so overwhelming that some of us are turning to social media for recognition this is an age-old problem even before social media there was a problem with this the pharisees had a problem with this imagine jesus rose lazarus from the grave after the poor dude was dead for four days his body decomposing his organs completely dead jesus said lazarus come forth and he comes out all of his organs completely whole whatever happened in decomposure completely made perfect in with one word isn't that incredible and what do the pharisees say do they say you know maybe we're wrong about jesus no they say we got to do something about him or else we're going to lose our place and position isn't that crazy what were they concerned about recognition they were concerned about recognition now uh Another reason why we turn to social media more than we do to the secret place and having a healthy devotional life is because our trust in God is lower than the trust that we have in ourselves. And let's just be honest, we all begin there. We want Jesus to save us, we just don't know how much we trust Jesus to be Lord over our lives. Anybody with me? And so we grow in this trust in trusting Jesus. So, Matthew chapter 6, "Beware of practicing Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. We talked about this on Wednesday. What does that say there? No reward, no partial reward, not even some reward. No reward if you practice your good deeds in front of others. Don't expect anything to come to you from God the Father. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward in full. In other words, and let's just stop there. The greatest trumpet that exists in our culture is social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, those are the trumpets that are being played the loudest. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Isn't that crazy? Do not... Let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. What does that mean? Anybody play the drums? Anybody play the drums? Nobody. All right. Well, I don't play the drums well, so I'm not even going to claim it. Okay. It takes incredible practice because you have to separate all of your limbs to be able to play the drums. It takes discipline. What this is saying is, you're going to have to discipline yourself not to sing your praises. It's gonna be natural to the flesh to be the one who boasts and sing about your own praises. But if you're gonna live for the kingdom, you gotta to learn to discipline yourself and be intentional not to tell people, not to tell people about your good works and to trust God to elevate you. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Okay, and then uh, let me see, let's go back. And you uh, so that your giving may be in secret and you and when you pray, uh let me see, verse 4, so that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. What is it that God is saying? Go to the secret place. Seek the Father in the secret place. Seek his reward. It's reiterated over and over again. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. And what's a hypocrite? You know, we hate the word hypocrite. We think of hypocrites of people who have evil intent and who are wicked. But hypocrites are just people who are acting as someone that they're not. Actors. You know, putting up something that they're not. We're all tempted to, we all put the best of us on Facebook. I sure do, right? We all do, right? And so uh, uh, we have to be careful, you know, how much we depend on the affirmation of the social media. Uh, again, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. What's that saying? You want a sure way to make, you want you want to hang out with God? Absolutely, you want to be 100% positive that you're hanging out with God? Go into a room where nobody knows, in the secret place, God is there. The Bible says God is there. You want to be in the Holy of Holies immediately? Get away where nobody knows. Hide yourself. Jesus is in the secret place. Immediately. This is the Word of God. This is not my Word, it's what the Scripture says. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words, do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, so here's what God's saying, Your identity is in the Father. He's your father. He loves you. Number two, don't seek the reward of the world or social media. He wants to reward you. Number three, don't look for the applause in social media or in the world. Look for the secret place, the best place to get rewarded. Father, secret, reward. Father, secret, reward. Repeated over and over again. And by the way, when you pray, it's not about what you ask. You don't, even have to, you don't even have to know the right words, and you don't have to repeat them over and over again. Because prayer is about you drawing close to the Father who already knows all of your needs better than you know them. It's about intimacy. It's about intimacy with the Father. If we let it, Social media can rob us of our heavenly reward from the Father, gain only in the secret place. I don't want to be before God in Judgment Day and say to Him, look at all of the things that I've done for you, the people that were healed and saved and delivered, the way that I served your kingdom and did this and that, and only hear God say to me, those things you did not for me, those things you did for yourself and for your friends on social media. You have been paid in full. Depart from me. I don't know who you are. Motives matter. That is not what I want to hear from God on that day. God, deliver me from that worthless life. Amen? Anybody with me? So then, what do I do with all these things? How do I handle smartphones in this culture? How do I handle social media in our culture? Number one, let me just give you this. Let's begin here. Don't be dominated by social media and your smartphones. Have dominion over them. You with me? Don't be dominated. Have dominion. God created each and every one of us to have dominion. Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make men in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created men in his own image and the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created us to be like Him, and part of being like Him is to have dominion, like He has dominion. God thought, as I have dominion over the universe, as we, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, have dominion over the universe, so I want humanity to exercise dominion over the earth. And so the moment that God said, I want you to subdue the earth, He gave humanity permission to have technology in their lives. Why? Because this is what the definition of technology is. The application of scientific knowledge for practical purpose purposes, especially in industry. In other words, what is technology? Is through observation, and through research, and through practice, learning, learning something so well that it's a fact, or that it works, that it's effective. God said, "Have dominion over all, all of the earth." So therefore, He gave permission for technology for his glory, and for his honor. At that moment, God basically said, hey, I want you to invent hooks. I want you to invent fishing poles. I want them to get better, right? I want you, I want you to invent rakes and hoes and things to work the field. I want you to invent things that'll help you communicate. I want you to invent... At that, the moment God said you have authority and dominion, God wanted to engage humanity with creation, with, with, in a creative way so that we would advance in te- technology for his glory. Now picture this. Imagine how advanced we would be, technologically speaking, if sin wasn't in the world. God is a creator God. You think he's done creating? Can you imagine? Some people are like, heaven is boring. You don't know my God. <laughs> he's constantly creating. Can you imagine the things that we're going to see, we're going to be a part of? I'm excited. The application of scientific knowledge for practical purpose. Listen, God wants us to have dominion. But when sin came into the world, now there's a duplicity and we have a decision to make. Either we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna serve the Lord or we're gonna serve ourselves. Genesis chapter four, verse seven, God told Cain, If you do well, you will be accepted. Will you not be accepted if you do well? But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. Another translation, its desire is to master you, but you must master it. You must rule over it. And so when you look at Genesis chapter 11, God gave men the ability to have wisdom to create brick and mortar. But what do they do? They use it for their own personal glory. They begin to build a building, the Bible says, so that they would build a name for themselves. And God looks down from heaven and says, we got to stop them because that technological advancement is not for my glory. And I'm going to disperse them lest, I, lest they become united in an evil effort. Right? So Again, an example, and what, he, what does it say? I think it's in, incredible. It says, behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. <laughs> this is only the beginning of what they will do. So the number one thing, when it comes to your smartphone, when it comes to social media, you got to ask yourself this question. Do I have dominion? Am I using this for God's glory, or is this controlling me? Is this being used for God's glory, or is this controlling me? Are these things—Are these things things that I use for hidden sins, or to keep me from obeying God, or do I have dominion over these outlets? Secondly, I want you to know this: even, ready, even if you're not a social media celebrity, you still matter. Even if you're not a social media celebrity, you still matter. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 23, you are bought at a price. Do not become a slave of human beings. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen people. God has chosen you. A royal priesthood. You're princesses and princes of God. Right? priesthood what God wants to use you to bring forgiveness and mercy onto this world and that you would intercede that there would be revival you're a holy nation in other words you're not like this world you belong to him you are God's special possession when God looks at you he says that's my boy that's my girl they're mine I delight in them And why are you these things? So that you would declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. That's who you are. I don't care what social media says. I don't care what the world says. If you're a child of God, that is who you are. And you need to receive that, and you need to understand that. Even if you're not a social media celebrity, you matter to the king of kings. Heard so many testimonies, read so many testimonies this week of people who lost themselves in social media, taking pictures of their food, taking pictures of their outfits, getting into debt to buy new outfits, to promote another picture because they had to have the affirmation of others. That's not what God has for you. Now here are some strong reasons I would suggest for you to park or to put away social media or to restrain social media or to take a break from social media. If most of your meaningful conversations happen through social media, it may be time to put it away. If most of your affirmation and affirming of others happens through social media, it may be time to put it away. You should have some face-to-face relationships and conversations. If you say to yourself, I am bolder and more confident on social media than I am with someone person-to-person, it may be time to put it away. If you're stressed out because you have to keep a streak alive, It may be time to put it away. I know only a couple of people know what I'm talking A couple of Snapchat folks here. If you're anxious because of social media, because you feel like if you're not watching it or paying attention of it, you're, fe- you're missing out on something, it may be time to put it away. If you've lost friendships over social media, it may be time to put it away. If you've thrown, a- you know there's a filter that's greater than any Facebook, Snapchat, or Instagram filter. It's called the, hum, the human reverence filter. It means that when I talk to my brother, talk to my sister, when they say something that sounds crazy to me, little cray-cray, because they're in front of me, I have this filter called the human reverence, the human honor filter. I'm not going to respond crazy. I may think, you know, I'm going to try to deal with this with a little bit more grace because I don't want to offend them and that is the one filter that is not used on social media (laughs) I wish the human reverence filter existed (laughs) on social media you know how many people (laughs) go and attack each other on social media because they're not standing face to face and they don't have reverence the human they throw away the human factor if you have thrown away the human reverence filter due to social media it may be time to put it away If you haven't read a book or your Bible and you're having a hard time remembering uh, where scripture passages are, it may be time to put social media away. Do you know that there are studies that connect the reality that people have a hard time getting through a book because everything they read is like little uh, Twitter 180 word messages. So therefore, their attention is constantly changing over and over and over again. So they can't sit down and read a book through. You can't have a devotional life if you can't read the Word. You can't have a devotional life if you don't remember the beginning. We got to begin to train our minds for holiness. If social media has more of your time than the secret place, it's time to put it away. If you've become sluggish about living due to social media, it's time to put it away. What do I mean by that? If I'm on social media, and I'm constantly on social media, by that fact, if I'm watching a movie, if I'm doing anything related to media... My kids are there waiting for me to do life with them. When I get off of social media, I'm so weary and tired that I can't do life with them. It's time for me to put it away. There are real people right there who need my attention. Listen, if you ain't encouraging your wife and your kids, men of God, if you ain't encouraging them, ain't nobody in Facebook need your encouragement. Woman of God, if you ain't speaking life at home, nobody needs to hear you speak life on social media, Right? It has been proven that movies, I'm not saying movies are bad. Hear me out. That movies, internet, news, sometimes we sit down and we say it's it's a way that we rest. It's been proven that it's not the best way of rest. Why? Because it's stimulating the mind. So we can come out of a movie feeling more restless. If you feel like there's no rest in your life, it may be time to put social media away. If you know, now, here we go. If you know that you have a serious challenge with being easily distracted, maybe time to put social media away. My name is Carlos. Before social media existed, I have been easily distracted. That's just the truth. <laughs> Don't judge me, Kathy. It's the truth. I'm easily <laughs> distracted. Distractions happen, right? And so I got to learn not to listen to those distractions. But if there's distractions, you know, there's always going to be distractions in life, right? And if social media It's something that's just keeping you out of focus. It may be time to put it away. Again, you matter to God and to the kingdom, even if you're not a social media celebrity. Third thing I'd like to share with you is this. Don't capture life with your phone first. Capture life with your soul. Don't capture life with your phone. That's 2D. You can look at those pictures over and over again. It's never going to relate to you. The smell that was in that place, the feeling that was in that place, the people that you did life with at that place, you're never going to have that moment back. You're going to have a representation. Pictures are great. I love pictures. But it's never going to be the same as that moment. Never going to be the same as that moment. There's a picture I'd like to share with you. Can you go to the next slide, please? There's a celebrity that's walking down. And there's somebody who had the, the, the thought, let me take a picture of what people are doing as opposed to the celebrity, and look at what they're doing. Instead of looking at what was happening, they're looking through their phones and missing the entire moment so that they can see it later in 2D. There's only one wise lady. She's just resting and soaking it in. And then Captain Dial-Up, right next to her, can't even get the app up. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Dial-Up is like, where's my filter? (laughs) I'm missing this. (laughs) Just put the phone down. (laughs) Right? Live the moment. Soak it in. Smell what's happening. (gasps) Live in that moment. I have some pictures I'd like to share with you. I got a chance to go to Israel. Can I show you the next picture? That was me. That's like one out of the three selfies that I own. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that I'm showing you it is pretty incredible because I'm like anti-selfie as it gets. But that's the Valley of Megiddo. Armageddon will take place there. That's where the final war will take place where God will defeat all his enemies. That's where Jesus is going to lay the final smackdown on the enemy. Before I took that picture, I was, just, I was just soaking that in. I was looking at It's like a bowl. It's like a massive bowl. You can tell how that war is going to take. You look at that place, and you're like, well, this place is awesome, right? It's like I just saw Jesus. Just, boom, I pictured it. I was like, yeah, devil, that's going to be you, and I'm going to be smiling, right? <laughs> so, you know, and I just took it in, and I thought, you know, I better take a picture of this. But I took it in, I soaked it in, I enjoyed it, and I took a picture. The picture was not the reason why I went there. Right? The next, can I show you the next slide? This just looks like a place with water or just rocks. Uh, this picture doesn't portray what I felt in that moment. That was, that was the Sea of Galilee. And that's the place where Peter was restored after he denied Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, when you were young, you dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, others would take you by the hand and lead you where you don't want to go. God used that scripture to let me know he called me into ministry. I can't relate to you how I wept in that place and just sat in that place and how I felt the presence of God affirm my call into ministry. This is a 2D picture. I can't relate to you all that. Why would I pass all that up to have a phone in front of me? Research shows that our phones are changing the way we do life, so much so that we're actually getting in the habit of doing things so that we can take a picture as opposed, and post it, as opposed to just doing life. Oh, and by the way, why not take a picture? Do you notice the difference there? It means that we are doing things for the sake of the post and the picture, as opposed to living life, and as we live life, let's take a picture so that we can remember. That's totally different. I don't know about you, but I think it's sad. Don't capture life with your phone. Capture life with your soul first. Today's day, you know what we need? We need discernment in our lives. We need to have discernment. And what is discernment? The ability to know the truth from deception. Not just a lie, because the lie could be obvious, but deception, where the lie is not so obvious. God wants us to have discernment. The Bible is very clear that discernment is a gift and also something that we grow in. The Bible says that there's a supernatural gift of discernment where God gives us discernment and lets us know his will. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where God opened a door and it seemed really good, a, a good opportunity, or excuse me, it seemed like it was God at first, or it seemed super good. And then the Holy Spirit said, son, that's not for you. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, you're in your heart. You're like, well, why not? You get curious. The Holy Spirit says, that's not for you. I need you to just leave that alone. You know what? that's discernment. Sometimes the discernment of the Holy Spirit keeps us from our own curiosity and saves us from the lie of the enemy. God wants us to have discernment for life, and he gives us a gift, and we need to ask for that gift. But he also calls us to grow in the gift of discernment. How do we grow in discernment? Well, there's uh, several scriptures that talk about discernment, but I just want to share with you one. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 on down. For the Word of God, the Bible, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce the division of soul and spirit. In other words, the Word of God is so sharp, it's so clear, it's going to let you know what's really the desire of God and what's your desire. It's going to let you know the difference between that. It's also discerning uh, the intentions of the heart. Verse 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. In other words, everything the Word of God sees clearly. We don't. But if we trust our lives to the, word, to the Word of God, it will help us. It will give us discernment. So how do we build discernment in our lives? How do we grow in discernment? Have a healthy prayer life. What does a healthy prayer life mean? Schedule your prayer life. Schedule it. This is a way you take dominion over your phone. Get your smartphone and say, remind me to pray at such and such a clock. Remind me to pray every three hours. You know, some people make fun of Muslims. They say, oh, they're so rigid. They're so legalistic. They have to pray on schedule. It's crazy. Do you have a prayer time? Do we have a prayer time? We pray to the living God. Do we have a disciplined prayer life? Have a scheduled prayer life. Second, improvise your prayers. Ask Holy Spirit. Remind me to pray in the middle of the day. If you don't have nothing to say, just go to God and say, hey, I got nothing to say. I just want to hang out with you, Jesus. How you doing today? I know you got something to say. You can tell me at any given moment. Right? Improvise it. Right? Uh, just do it. Have a healthy prayer life. Grow in your prayer life. Second, get into the Word of God. Read it. Journal it. Hear it. Search it. Dive in it. Don't just read it to say you did. Read it so that it can change you. Say, Lord, instead of letting my smartphone change the way I do life, let Your Word change the way I do life. Memorize Scripture, right? That goes together with getting the Word. Memorize Scripture. Let our lives and our minds be programmed by memorizing Scripture. Learn to fast. And what's the point of fasting? Well, so that you can be hungry. Another ca- okay. That's my second Captain Obvious moment. You need to be hungry. You need to train your body so that your body will know, no, you cannot have whatever you want when you want it. I live for God. Fast from social media. Learn to depend on the Lord. Put yourself to times where you have difficulty because you're not eating or because you're not watching something. Do it. Practice it. For what sake? So that you would depend on the Spirit and not these things. Practice solitude and meditate on God. And I want to tell you what solitude means. Get in the room in your secret place, close the door, don't take your worship music in there. Some of us don't know how to pray without worship music. Put the worship music aside, that influences what you pray for. Put your Bible away. Get in the room by yourself where only you and God are there. I'm going to tell you why. If I go into my prayer room with my Bible, I'm a productivity slave first thing I'm going to do is open that Bible and read as much as I can in whatever amount of time I'm supposed to be praying. Even if I don't have anything to say, I need to get alone by myself with God and and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? And you know what somebody said? Pascal, a great philosopher, said, the greatest fear of humanity is solitude. Because when there is no distraction, and nothing clouding our minds, we come to grips with who we are. And that brings great fear into our lives. He said this, the reality is this, we want to live busy lives. We want to live harried lives. We want to live lives that are completely overwhelmed because we're afraid of silence and what we may find out in the silence. Not the church, because we're a royal priesthood. We need solitude in our lives. And that's how we grow in discernment. I want you to know something. You can live without social media. You can live without checking your phone every four minutes. You can live without the average of four and a half hours of social media. You can live without all the applications that your phone has. You can. You really can. It's not necessary. I'm not saying you have to, but I am saying that we need to ask ourselves, do these things take away life instead of adding life? already getting in the way we need the sermon for life I shared this testimony and I'll share it again there are certain things in the secret place certain wisdom that you get in the secret place you can't get from anywhere else one of the greatest fears of social media is that because all media is biased that we're not really having a heart for truth they say that most people get their news from Facebook Is anybody like seriously concerned about that? And therefore, Facebook serves as a great medium of deception because the media that goes through social media, the the news is not going to be objective news. Particularly, it's not going to be scripturally scriptural news. We got to be careful no matter what slant. And I think that when we give ourselves to those things and not have the Christian disciplines that we open ourselves to deception. I remember at the age of 16 giving my life to Jesus Christ. 90 days later, an occult knocked on my door. Uh, An occult group knocked on my door. And I remember how they just invited me to a Bible study, and I thought, well, it's harmless. Why can't I go to a Bible study with people who don't go to our church? It must be harmless. A group of young adults, they love basketball. I love basketball. Let's do this. And in the first visit, after three hours of them condemning me, I was completely convinced that I was on my way to hell. I was completely tormented as they were attacking me. I know they can't see it now because I don't have hair, but I was in torment, pulling my hair, completely afraid. For three hours, I was sitting there in deep torment as three young adult men, three or four young adult men sat there condemning me. They said to me, don't talk to your old church. They're going to hell. Your pastor's going to hell. Uh, the only way you'd be saved is if you do what, you, what we tell you to do and so they would pick me up from school they would drop me off at of school i was not allowed to have any interaction with anyone and i was deeply afraid of life i was deeply afraid of living i was in a living hell completely tormented not knowing what to do with life finally one of this i was supposed to i was ready for this baptism where i would be baptized in their movement and I just had my reservations. Again, I, was, I had so much fear, so much torment. I could barely sleep. I could barely read my word. I was just afraid. And I said, I can't live like this to the guy who was supposed to be discipling me. And he said to me, go to the park and pray and ask God to reveal to you the truth. And so I went to the park, and I hit nobody knew, and I just hid before God. I said, God, I need your help. I'm in deep torment. I can't think straight. I don't know if I want to live. I, I don't know what to do with myself. Please reveal your truth to me. Less than a, about a half hour later, I was picked up to go to this meeting place where this guy's supposed to be given the approval for me to be baptized in the movement. And as I sat there, he was telling me about how my church was in sin and how the gifts of the Holy Spirit do not exist and so forth and was truly just condemning me. And, uh, as, and as that was happening, I said, God, revealed to me the truth. And the man that was in front of me said to me, He said to me, you see, the Bible says that the gifts will cease. So your church is operating in sin because they believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, immediately, God gave me a word I didn't even know because I didn't even know the word at that time. But immediately, he said to me, the Lord said to me, and I spoke to that man. I said, the Bible says when the coming of the perfect comes, that means when Jesus comes back or when I am made perfect. And I'm neither perfect, and Jesus hasn't come back. And he looked at me, and he corrected me, and he said, You don't teach me. I know the Word more than you. You know what happened? In that moment, the Holy Spirit came over me and gave me some incredible boldness to stand in front of those four individuals, and I began to denounce everything that they taught with knowledge I didn't even have. I didn't even have. I left that place in that car. They took me away for another two hours. They were beating me up. And the last thing they said to me was, too bad. We wanted you to go to heaven, but now you're on your way to hell. It's the last thing they said to me. I'm 16. I'm 16. I want you to picture that. Do you know what happened? I got away with God in the secret place. And when I was in that place of trial, because there was oil stored up in the secret place, the Lord redeemed me out of that vicious circle. Do not trade the secret place. Do not trade the secret place for anything in this world. Would you stand with me today? As I was preparing this, I felt like there was going to be some incredible, incredible warfare that was going to be waged in our homes. And I want to talk to you now very frankly. There are some of our homes where we feel like we can't get, as we were talking about the secret place, some of you may have had the question, you said, I can't get in the secret place in my home. There's, there's no peace in my home for me to pray. That's your issue. God has given you dominion and authority. You have to do whatever it takes to make sure that your house is a place where you can get along with God. And I want to encourage you today to let you know that you can do that. But more than likely, if you're watching things that you're not supposed to, if pornography may be a part of if that may not even be you, it may be someone in the house, you know? If certain things are being welcomed, there is an atmosphere that comes when we open our home to these things that, that we need to begin to come against. When I got saved, my mother was practicing certain witchcraft and certain things she didn't know, you know. But my, pa- my youth pastor, said, to, I said to her, what do I do? Because my house doesn't feel so great when I go in. She said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to take this anointing oil, and you're going to pray in your room, and you're going to say, devil, get out of my room. This is my room. This is my mother's house, but this is my room. And that's what I did. I took that oil. I had no idea what she was telling me to do. I said, okay. <laughs> this is my room. Devil, get out of my room. And I took authority. You need, we need to take authority over our homes. Some of you don't have any peace in your home because you let your children take over your home. Right. By not checking your kids and what they're watching on their tablets and on their phones, you have basically given up your dominion and you said, I allow my child to make the right decisions about the atmosphere in my home. No more. At this point, you need to get it in your mind. If you're under my roof, under my house, you have no privacy to do sin it's time to take our homes back if the presence of god is not in your home it's because you're not doing anything to have the presence of god in your home it's time to take it back let's pray hallelujah Lord, we thank you for who you are. You're bigger than social media. You're bigger than our smartphones. You're bigger than the temptations that exist in this world. Your word says, in this world you will have trouble, but take courage. You've, I've overcome the world. You've overcome this world. And you call us to be overcomers like you're an overcomer. So I pray in Jesus' name, oh God, that we would take that up and refuse to keep being defeated choose to live sold out for you. Hmm. It's okay to live without media. It's okay to live without these things. If the Lord's calling you, it's okay. Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? Maybe there's something wrong with me. I can't handle the internet or I can't handle social media. Maybe there's something wrong with you. Stop it. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that God is jealous for you. It's that He loves you so much He doesn't want to share you with other things. If social media for you is something that you need to cut out, then cut off that arm, that you may be free to serve the Lord. If you need to restrain it, I don't know. you got to ask those questions yourself, that you may serve the Lord. There's nothing wrong with you other than you're called by God to live for God. And if it gets in the way, get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. You're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I realize that there's a lot of distractions in my life that has kept me from living a life devoted to the secret place and to serve in the Lord but today I want to give those distractions to the Lord would you join me at the altar right now saying I just want to learn to put those don't get me wrong distractions are gonna to come to each and every one of us but we don't have to chase the distractions that come our way God wants to take spiritual authority right and knock those things down that we would focus on him if you're here today and you recognize you know what Whether it be social media or smartphones or movies or a way that you do life, there's something that is distracting you from having a healthy devotional life with Jesus. Would you right now say, God, I want to give that to you to come up to the altar right now. To come up to the altar right now. You're saying, you know what? I don't want this in my life. I don't want this to be the truth of my life. I don't want to live my life distracted. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I have been very desperate for the affirmation of others. And all along, I realized that God has been wanting me to seek his affirmation. Today, I want you to hear, if that's you, I I want you to hear this. Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. He delights in you. And he would much rather you give your life to hear him affirm you than wait for the affirmation of others. Let Jesus do the healing work. No matter what others say, it's not going to be enough. Because that hole in our heart, that's a God-shaped hole. Only God can affirm that place. That's you today. And you're saying, I'm choosing to seek the affirmation of God rather than the affirmation of man first. To come up to the altar right now? Say, I'm choosing to seek God's affirmation in my life. God's affirmation in my life. God's affirmation. Last thing, maybe you realize today your discernment is really weak. You've allowed things to set themselves up in your home, and you have a battle that you have to now get engaged in to set the right atmosphere at home. I want you to know you already have every weapon you need to be victorious. You, Yours is the victory. Don't go home defeated. God has already given you everything you need to set the right atmosphere in your home. But you're saying today, I'm taking up my discernment. Today, I'm waging war and I'm setting the right atmosphere in my home when I get home right now. That's you, would you come up to the altar right now? Just go before God. Say, yes, Lord. We want the right atmosphere in our home. We want the right atmosphere in my home. Just recently, just recently I was looking at my home and I was saying, God, I'm not taking responsibility for the atmosphere that I'm setting in the house. And the Lord said to me what I told you. Son, that's your issue. (laughs) That's your issue. I've given you authority and dominion. What are you going to do? God has given you the authority and dominion. Are we going to set the right atmosphere at home? If that's you and you're saying, I am committing to setting the right atmosphere at home, would you come to the altar right now? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we're here before you right now at this altar. We're here before you, God, saying we want to live our lives, God, for you. We want to put the distractions in their place and live our lives completely surrendered to you. Right now, I thank you for the wisdom that you've given us and how to deal with our smartphones and social media and movies and all that stuff, God. Thank you for teaching us how to put those things at your feet. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us discernment. If we grieved you, Holy Spirit, if we've grieved you because we've chosen our way instead of your way, we repent right now. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where, where you're at? And I don't want to grieve you in any way in my life, Holy Spirit. So I give you permission to teach me again the things that you don't want me to invest in, the things that you don't want me to be a part of. Lord, Lord, thank you for the work you're doing in your church. Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing in your church. Hallelujah. And would you look at me right now, and would everyone just raise their hands? May the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins and rose from the grave in resurrection power, so that you would walk in resurrection power. So that you would be more than a conqueror, may Jesus Christ complete the good work that he begun in you. Be free for freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you today. Amen.